Hi, I'm Paul Strinkler and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, less really is more as we get an introduction to the world of serverless. So sell back and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to another episode of Tech Interviews. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to be taking a look at an area of technology that's rapidly developing, um, but it's something that's relatively new to me. And I think perhaps I uh, quite a lot of people who listen and, and watch this show, it'll be a topic that you've heard about, but don't necessarily understand and not necessarily sure about the impact it's going to have on the way that we deliver services and applications into our enterprise in the future. So for this week's topic, we're going to be taking a look at the world of serverless. Um, and to help me to do that, I've been joined this week by uh, Ezi Keshavan. How are you doing? Nice to uh, nice to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Paul, for having me on this show. I'm doing great. Well, well, welcome to Tech Interviews. Um, and so, well, look, before we jump into this kind of topic of serverless and and what that means and and set some context around it for for our viewers and listeners, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? You know, who it is, uh, who you are, uh, what what you've done previously, and how you've ended up kind of working in in this space. Yeah, uh, I have 10 plus years of experience into IT field. I started my career with uh, an IT legend emphasis as a uh, technical trainer and then uh, got my expertise into building a number of applications for various domains, for various organizations. And uh, when I joined Kovei.co three years back, uh, I was uh, given the responsibility to technically lead the product Serverless 360, a tool that has been crafted to complement the Azure portal uh, to complement Dasha portal in operations and support perspective of serverless services. So that is when my exploration into serverless uh, started. And from then point on, uh, I had to represent my product in international conferences. Uh, I had to uh, develop my expertise into the serverless space so that I suggest the right solutions to the Azure solution architects uh, in the, who play critical role in building serverless applications in their organizations. And the journey has been really great with a lot of knowledge, and I'm happy to share share this with this community yeah and, and actually that kind of um relatively recent experience for you i think is you know it's, it's hugely valuable to the kind of uh, you know the, the way we want to cover the topic today because i think for a lot of people they're going to be hearing about serverless maybe for the first time or have heard yeah. of serverless and are, and are looking at this as a as a way of understanding what 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 that means what that might mean to them so so it's interesting that you've spent time uh, talking at conferences around exactly that topic you know how people can start to develop and, and understand what serverless you know serverless looks like and what serverless means to them so so why why don't we start there actually so we, we i keep using this phrase serverless i've got no idea what it really means i've just heard it um so, so why don't we why don't why don't we start with that why, why don't it give us an idea of when we talk about serverless what, what does that mean and how is that how is that different from the way that we perhaps look at architecture today that's a brilliant start for this session. What is serverless? So as the name says, it's definitely not uh, no servers because there are servers, but I need not worry about them. So that is what serverless uh, cloud computing model uh, helps us with. It completely abstracts away most of the server operations to the cloud service provider. Say if I choose Microsoft Azure as my cloud service provider, then uh, 
they take care of managing or operational overhead on my server and all that i have to worry about is my core business uh, logic that i have to satisfy to deliver my customer obsessive features so this way a lot of overhead in managing my servers or the pre computing cost that is uh, let us take an example to understand this better say um, in the classic way of building applications if i have to host an application and make it available for my end users i should have a server so in olden days it was a dedicated server that i would have physically present in front of me wherein i will have an iis where i would host my application i would make it available for the end customers so here if we look into whether my i have a traffic or not i need to retain the server so that my web application is rendered to my customers but that is no longer a requirement like with the interaction of infrastructure as a service and pass as a service when cloud computing came into picture so this has been eradicated a bit like i started using and shared resource from the cloud but now it the serverless introduction brings in an massive difference in the way we build applications it's more like uh, kids putting together the lego blocks uh, and uh, get the your uh, building built so that is how you are building your application now by adapting to serverless computing so all that i have to worry about is what is the business logic i need to achieve and this business logic can be executed in the serverless service and you get the service rendered to your customers in a matter of few minutes without any pre computing cost associated so when an user uses my website that is when i am getting built only for the number of executions that my application is going to make only so much is what i am going to pay and it is completely event driven that is say today if i have one user i my application would give an uh, assured performance tomorrow if i anticipate an uh, sudden spike say uh, it's a big billion day uh, deal for an e-commerce website and all of a sudden i expect an sudden inflow of a huge number of users to my website i need not worry about it at all these serverless services are equipped to auto scale uh, based on the event that is driving them so i just focus on the business pay only for what i use and it's completely auto scalable so these are certain um uh, popular capabilities that make the serverless the the most trending topic in our industry now so so what was really good about that answer was as you were talking i was writing down questions and within 10 mm-hmm. seconds you'd answered the question um cuz <laughs> so so one of my questions was actually going to be as you as you were talking about that kind of idea of of scaling so you know and and mm-hmm. i think I, th- I think a lot of the things that we we are seeing inside of the enterprise today has been driven by the way that we look at public cloud you know and i, th- I think that the the requirements on a lot of enterprises and people who are architecting solutions inside of the enterprises we want our enterprise applications to act like the public cloud you know this idea of uh, transformation so we need to be able to respond really rapidly to changing customer requirements i think that's a great example you know there that you know traditionally we would look at that and we would worry about how do we scale lots and lots of servers and how do we uh, you know how do we scale our application accordingly from from the way you describe that it sounds as though serverless has been designed with with that exactly in mind it's exactly that function in mind that you know the exactly. the focus should be um on just the business logic the focus should be on the outcome 
and actually less of a focus on how the back-end infrastructure is delivered. Um, you know, is, is that accurate? Is, is that, is that the, the thinking behind serverless? Exactly. Uh, like they are trying to reduce the overhead on building the applications. Still, you get to deliver a uh, reliable, highly performant solution and you just pay only for what you are using. So these are the key criteria behind the serverless services. Yeah, so it's 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 technology and commercial flexibility. I, I suppose you know that idea that I'm I'm just going to pay for it as I need it. You know that's it. That's increasingly attractive. And I think you know without um, without using a phrase that feels so overused um, is the idea of in, in these uncertain times that kind of commercial flexibility is is hugely valuable as well. Um, so exactly. so just, maybe just to kind of dig into a, a little bit more. So so obviously we're talking about serverless as kind of um, you know this idea that we are looking at kind of functions and capability um and we're designing business logic um what's so what what are some of the other problems that that's addressing you know how have how would people maybe without serverless how would people be delivering that what are the difficulties in the way that you know designing these kind of modern scalable and flexible applications what 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 are some of the other challenges that serverless is addressing Say uh, the capabilities that serverless services provide can be directly fit into your business requirements. So let me pick up examples to uh, help you understand these better. Say uh, in an e-commerce scenario, wherein uh, order management is a critical component. So uh, every customer submits a new order and that has to be picked up and then processed by my business logic. So here, the what is critical is an queue architecture. A data structure queue is very critical. So if I have to custom build it, I will have to take care of a number of uh, um, uh, capabilities by myself, which is not quite possible, like not feasible when you have to deliver it fast to the market. So in such cases, if you pick up already available architecture solutions from the serverless services like Microsoft Azure offers service bus queues and topics which can be really fit into your uh, real-time business need. It, are there any business exceptions? You need to dead letter an order which needs to be custom handled. You have this readily available in an queue as a service. So you can just consume the service without any pre-computation cost, like you just consume it and then start using it. Another very good example would be an, a logic app. So as the name logic app says, uh, it has a number of connections readily available. Say for example, if my business workflow needs to um, send an email to my uh, stakeholders, so if, it's a, if this is a part of my business logic, I need not write my custom code to implement the SMTP logic to send out an email. It is available to me as a connector. I just take it, plug it into my workflow, define it, and then get it working. So it's as simple as this to build an application. So we are trying to reduce the requirement for a skill set to build a real smart application. Instead, you start relying on uh, like pre-qualified connectors or which has been uh, developed with utmost care and which guarantee you 100% reliability, scalability, and you just consume it and this will uh, drastically improve uh, the uh, uh, rapid development. Like you can build your applications really faster and you can get to the market sooner, which is very critical. 
Yeah, and so so this sounds because um, because again you, you you did that that thing there where you took the question that I had written down and answered it before I got to ask it. So I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so so mm-hmm. so this sounds very much like um, lots and lots of these kind of prepackaged workflows for for want of a better phrase that that lots mm-hmm. of these already exist. So so I mean I'm assuming you have the ability to customize and, and build more, more maybe more custom ones. Um, but it sounds very much like you know you, I think I think you talked. Sorry, I can't remember whether we talked about this already on the show. Or we talked about this kind of while we were chatting before we recorded but this idea mm-hmm. of kind of almost like lego so you know we're building our applications with these pre-existing blocks and kind of just sticking them together to meet as you said kind of that that idea of a of, of a business workflow i mean is, is that mm. is, is it really that simple or am i oversimplifying it it is really that simple like uh, for example say if i am building and digital marketing product Okay, for my requirement is to every tweet that I post in my Twitter account, I need to understand how is it going to behave to my audience. So an uh, analysis of it before it gets posted. So this sounds like a complex requirement wherein I will have to understand the Twitter API on um, uh, getting the tweet content. I need to use an, uh, a text analytics tool uh, with, which has got the artificial intelligence to understand the sentiment of it. So if I have to do it on my own by writing my custom code, I need to understand the, the APIs involved in it and I will have to authenticate to them get it but instead if you are using an serverless service like logic app you have the twitter connector readily available all that you have to do is plug it in connect it with your account credentials that is it it takes care of it it completely encapsulates uh, all the learnings that is required to uh, get this working like without writing a single line of code i'm achieving connectivity to my twitter account just by plugging in and connector from Logic App. And the next step, if I need an uh, uh, analytic solution, that is also available. A cognitive services API is available as in connector. All that I will have to do is pick up the dynamic content that retrieves a tweet, pass it on to this connector, get the sentiment score, and show a an, uh, decision. Use a decision-making control to uh, give away the verdict whether the tweet will work good or not. So it's as simple as that. So you can just visualize like you are plugging in the services and you get uh, things sorted out in a minute and you can see your application running in a minute. So, so, you know, so for something that sounds as simple as that and the idea that actually we can generate kind of applications that quickly, is there, hmm. is there limitations to where we can go currently perhaps with serverless? You know, so is there, is there things that it's designed that it's good at versus things that actually you right now wouldn't be able to do with that kind of serverless architecture? Um, Say it also allows customization, Paul. Like if you have any legacy code that needs to be moved into serverless, so you can, you have a choice to either keep it on-prem and make your application hybrid. So a certain legacy code would be highly, um, uh, it's very specific to the business and you really do not want to move it to the cloud. You can still have it in your on-premises 
expose it to the cloud through an uh, serverless service called relay and connected to the uh, rest of your serverless components so uh, the decision uh, is quite simple like you will have to identify your goals you will have to uh, define what are all the components that needs to be moved into the cloud and what do you want to retain on premises you can either go with a completely serverless application or you can choose to be an hybrid application by retaining your legacy uh, code in your on premise and expose it to the cloud so so this would be um, a, a good example of a way of uh, you know, modernizing almost kind of a traditional on-premises application. So something that maybe is big and complex on-prem, you want to be able to publish out some kind of more uh, you know, customer-friendly features or something you need to be able to deliver quickly. Uh, you know, is that, again, is that is that an example of how people are using this kind of technology then as a, as a way of giving it kind of cloud-like capabilities without having to hugely re-architect the kind of the, the maybe a, a big complex ERP type solution? Exactly, yes. So why people choose to go serverless, uh, the reasons could be like to reduce the operational cost. So like instead of having my whole huge application within my premise and then taking all the overhead of maintaining it, I can uh, like fragment it, like I can decouple it into uh, smaller components, choose the right serverless service to solve each of the components, completely decouple them and then move them into uh, the, the parts into the appropriate serverless services. So that is how I see uh, the trend in uh, going ahead with serverless services now. Yeah, and, and so that's interesting. So you, you see that potentially it's it kind of its next phase of development is is maybe rather than people necessarily building kind of um, you know cloud native logic based applications is actually they will be using it as a way of uh, enhancing their capabilities maybe with more traditional on premises applications is is that you know that's more the work you're seeing now and, and how you expect to develop Exactly. In the next 10 years, I can find uh, a lot of scope for people going serverless or uh, moving a part of their applications into uh, serverless computing to um, uh, for reasons like reducing the operational costs, uh, to reduce the time to market or to improve its efficiency. So these are certain reasons why we find people moving ahead with serverless. So uh, well, I suppose that leads on to kind of my next question, really, which is, so since I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this as, a, you know, a, a decision maker or an application architect or a head of IT in, inside of an enterprise, and I'm kind of listening to this and thinking, well, this serverless stuff sounds easy to develop. I like the commercial and the, the technical flexibility that it brings. What would be the kind of things then that you would be looking at internally in your inside of your organization? What are, what are some of the kind of um, things that you would look for that would make good serverless technology type projects you know is, is a particular workload you would look at particular requirements you know other, other things mm -hmm. i suppose that stand out to you as as really good examples right now of things that absolutely should be considered for you know if you're thinking of doing something consider serverless sorry that was a really mm -hmm. long question i hope that made sense <laughs> uh, should i should i rephrase this question like uh, what are all the uh, how, how should i approach this going serverless phase like what are all the steps should I have to follow? If, if you can, can I? yeah, if you can do a clearer version of my question, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose, <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm looking at, yeah, what would those next steps be? Again, what, how would I identify a good serverless candidate inside of an enterprise? And then what would yeah. be the next steps for how, how I'd go about delivering that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, so, uh, like first step that I love to perform in my organization is 
define your goals like identify whether are there good candidates for uh, going ahead with serverless computing so uh, like con- any particular application can be converted into or moved into a serverless service but it requires a very clear planning so what is the reason behind you going ahead with serverless computing is it uh, your is, is your intention is to lower your operational costs or you have an bunch of legacy systems and you have a small team to manage it you need to find an easier way to deal with this huge application with a smaller team then serverless is a very good option or you need to uh, seamlessly improve the performance of your application irrespective of your uh, uh, traffic that you can anticipate so when you define your goals the next step is to identify the technology so you can choose between the cloud service providers um, say if you are choosing microsoft azure then the next step is to educate your team on this so here i would like to emphasize to make use of your existing team because they would have the adequate knowledge on your business so if you pick up or if you decide to outsource uh, this migration to another uh, team it's it's going to be hard for you to first let them understand what your business is instead make use of your existing team and serverless is very easy to scale up on so uh, with that assurance you can start encouraging your team to uh, scale up on the serverless services how they can you can encourage them to participate in conferences that are dedicated for serverless so technologies like integrate is one conference we at covid.co organize which is a very popular among the serverless computing space which happens one once in a year and uh, you get uh, updates from the microsoft azure team itself on the technologies and how they would benefit your organizations and there are other conferences conducted by microsoft itself like ignite and depending on your uh, the service provider choice you will have to focus on the conferences conducted by them you should encourage your team members to participate in meetups um say we have a lot of community presence uh, we as a serverless 360 or the covid.co the organization has a great community presence uh, we have rich uh, technical contents that would help our um, target audience enable themselves on microsoft azure serverless services so you can choose such a reliable source of uh, uh, the technology and scale up your team on the selected technology and once you have you are clear with your goal and your team has equipped themselves in the technology the next step is to create a proof of concept so for any problem you might find a number of solutions and this proof of concept is not going to be your production ready product so you should not be spending so much of time into that it is just to make sure that the solution that you have identified is going to meet your goal or not so you can identify a number of combinations try them out and then choose the one that best suits your um, intent or the goal that you want to achieve and the next step is very critical you need to optimize the solution that you have identified to work so here is where we need to take advantage of the cloud so as we were talking i was talking about number of services like service bus queues logic apps functions so each one of them have a real significance on where they have to be used 
say when i have an uh, a necessity for decoupling my applications which is very ideal when you are uh, working within serverless services so every component should be decoupled so that they are individually scalable and individually manageable so you will have to look for opportunities wherein we can bring in services like queues that can help me in decoupling so let me help you um, with an example to understand this better so the same e-commerce e order processing scenario so i have a website which is hosted in an azure web app and through the website the customer is going to submit an order so for every order this website will push a message into the queue and it will forget about it and i have an logic app which was listen to this queue pick up each order and then process so here my order processing application which is there in my logic app is completely decoupled from my external website which is facing my customer and who is doing this decoupling for me is the service bus queue so i will have to look for um uh, serverless services like this which can help me in decoupling my complete architecture and i need to adapt to event driven architecture so that i build a reactive solution because the customers that we deal with in present day scenarios are highly demanding so they want things to be done that is the website has to react to their uh, intention so that is how we need to build our application so go ahead consume uh, event driven um, architecture using resources like event grid in microsoft azure so event grid can be an wonderful candidate which can connect any uh, service with another service in microsoft azure and say uh, real so certain real time applications will be really complex for example let us pick up an um, uh, application like uber wherein they have uh, the taxis running across the world like there are uber taxis across the world and i need an centralized management system which is expected to ingest millions of data every minute from all the devices that are spread across the world so instead of building and custom solution which is expected to seamlessly scale and ingest millions of events per second wherein i will have to take the overhead of managing its operational cost instead go ahead and then consume and reliable service like event hub from microsoft azure so which gives you guarantees you of 99.9% availability and seamless processing of millions of events per second so choosing the right service uh, would help us build really smart application uh, in no matter of time so so that's so, um I was going to say because what's really interesting in all all of that as well is, uh, and, you, and you can kind of see and, and understand the power of this kind of idea of decoupling because as you decouple and separate those services out, then of mm. course that gives you much more. You know, we we talked about kind of speed of development, didn't we, earlier on, and and that idea of the ability to just develop portions of your application because i think one of the big challenges that particularly if you've got a big back-end enterprise application is that any change you make to that application can affect so many different components the ability exactly. to kind of decouple those develop one piece scale pieces separately you know you can see some some, some huge value in that um so I, well, I suppose that kind of just le leads me on to, to maybe my final question because i appreciate we're kind of uh, run, running low on recording time now but but as we, we mm. kind of we, we get to the end of our question so you know all of this stuff sounds really really straightforward uh, and uh, and of course it does 
partly because you've had experience of doing this. So I suppose the way where you present it to, today now does seem really straightforward to you. But, you know, from from your point as, as an organisation and, and what you do as a company, you know, how are you um, how are you helping? You know, what kind of tools, what kind of services do you guys offer that can help customers who may be listening to this for the first time and say, well, I like the idea of it. It sounds dead straightforward, but I might just want a little bit of help. Is, is there ways that you guys can help? Is there tools and technologies you make available that, that, that could help somebody start on a, on a project like this? Yes. So as we understood till now, serverless is a real easy technology to adapt to and you can build real smart applications with the help of uh, serverless services. But once your application in production, what is challenging is supporting them in real-time production. How do you serve your customer requests? How do you enable your operations or support team to deal with your serverless application that is in production? So as we were talking about, most of the server-side operations are completely abstracted from us when we choose a serverless service. So this becomes a little hard for my operations or support team to understand where did my serverless application fail when they have to support their customer. Say when the customer comes and says that my order has been failed or has not been delivered so it is a bit hard for an operations or support team to locate where exactly did it fail and how do i support this customer that is where a tool like serverless 360 would come into picture so serverless 360 has got a complete tool set that can complement the azure portal that is when i say complement azure portal whatever you find it hard in the azure portal which you cannot locate say i have a message that has got dead lettered which means an order from a customer has gone unprocessed so he is not going to get the item delivered so how do i view this message how do i make sure that this order is pushed back into my queue so that my order processing system will take it and then process you find the solution in serverless 360 so that is how we have crafted this tool with the exact tool set that will help your operations or support team to carry out their day in and day out activities so you have um, dashboards that will help you spot the any failure. You have end-to-end -end message tracking, which will help you locate where your application has failed, which has got reprocessing capabilities that will help you restore your business without any manual intervention as well. So, well, and it's interesting, of course, you describe kind of a, a product that your, your company has there in Serverless 360, um, because actually, while we were talking about this, and we were talking about the simplicity, what hadn't crossed my mind was, how do you keep an eye on this? Because as these solutions scale, uh, and, and they automate a lot of their kind of scaling, as, as mere helpless human beings, that, that must be really tricky for us to, to keep on top of. So, you know, so that sounds like a, a really helpful tool. And I'm, and I'm assuming it's a, a kind of on a wider basis as an organization, if people are looking for help and advice on how to deliver this kind of stuff that's that's also something you guys can do yes so um, observing the current phase of industry many are in the learning phase in adopting to serverless so with our learnings in this space we do offer uh, help them uh, choose the right solution to fit in their uh, um, serverless application architecture yes to an extent we do support them build the right service along with the tool set to manage and monitor them in production 
So, AJ, look, as, as we, um, well, it's re- reached the end of our recording time here. Um, so if mm-hmm. people, because um, I have, I've, you know, I've learned an awful lot just kind of listening to you for the, for the last 30 minutes, you know, is if people want to find out more about um, you know, serverless or how, the, you know, good, good learning resources, how they can find out more about kind of the tool sets that you guys offer, or maybe how they can even come and hunt you down online to ask you questions, um, what, what's a good way to follow up with you? Yeah, and so in social media, you can identify us as uh, Serverless360. And we have a dedicated website, serverless360.com, wherein we have a rich source of blogs on the technical topics that will help you enable yourself on the serverless services. And you can also identify the product capabilities, where does our product fit into your business. And we offer a 15-day free trial for you to experience the product while you are in the free trial if you need any support you can reach out to us at supported serverless360.com we myself and my team would be very happy to support you on this okay well well that sounds great and I, I think it's been a fascinating introduction to, to a topic you know and i think i think actually in that, that section where you gave kind of the steps that people can take that's that's perhaps been the most in-depth section of next steps that i think we've had on the show <laughs> so, um, so, I, so i think you know certainly there are plenty for people to consider plenty for people to think about um i'll make sure kind of contact details and and where they can find the tooling etc goes in the show notes but um but as look for, for, for today you know thanks for being on tech interviews um, really really enjoyed uh, what you've shared i think that's been been really useful certainly for me so I at least know something about serverless now. So, um, hey, thanks for being on the show and uh, I look forward to having you back on some point, uh, some point in the future. Yes, sure, Paul. It was great talking to you, um, e-meeting you on this show today. And uh, uh, serverless being my personally uh, favorite topic, I really enjoyed sharing my learnings in this space with you all. Uh, and, I, and I think we'll probably have people asking, how do I get hold of a badge that says cloud for all? Uh, so that I can wear that. <laughs> so, uh, Ejay, look, th- 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 thanks for being on Tech Interviews and uh, we'll, we'll speak again soon. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. And if you want to make sure you catch the next episode of Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify, and as well as on our new YouTube channel. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.